Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today, as I said, we're, our message is called Conquering the Seasons. We talk a lot about times and seasons here. Ecclesiastes 3 is where we're going to begin, and then go to the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says this, To everything, everything, there's a season, there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And then verse 11 says this about that time and season. It says this, He, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into their hearts, into our heart. You know, my friends, this is a season, and this too shall pass. This is going to be over one day. It's going to be a blip on the radar, and you're going to be able to tell future generations about the faithfulness of God, that in times of scarcity and times of lack, God took care of you. And if he takes care of you this time, he's going to take care of you every time, and he will. The Bible says to everything there's a season, there's a timing for God's purpose, and he will make everything beautiful. He will take everything and cause it to work for good for those who love him and called according to his purpose. The question today is, do you love him, and are you looking for his purpose? Finally, in 1 Kings chapter 19, we talked about last week that uh, Elijah heard the sound of the abundance of rain in the spirit. He heard it in his heart by faith, and it didn't manifest right about it, but when it did manifest, I mean, it rained and rained and rained and started to flood the areas. And he was so excited, the Bible says, that he ran faster than horses and chariots back to, Abraham, back to Ahab and Jezebel's palace. And he ran back there to say to them, hey, God is doing this, you're losing, God is winning, and we're gonna glorify him. And when he gets back there, something happens that he didn't expect. Let me read from 1 Kings 19, verse 3. And when uh, the Bible says, when this is after a threat from Jezebel, she begins to put her hocus pocus, her witchcraft on him, which are simply words of death, words of despair, words of darkness, which we hear every night on the news. Um, she speaks these threats and this resulting discouragement hits him. It says, when he saw that, verse 3, when she, he saw her threats, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. Let's remember that. Verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, a broom tree, and uh, he prayed that he might die. Are you seeing this? After the greatest breakthrough of his entire life, one of the great moments of his prophetic existence, his purpose in God, he now is suicidal. And he prays to die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life from no better than my father's, which indicates to me that when he was feeling invincible, he felt a little better than his father's. And now he feels like I'm not even as good as they are. Verse five, then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. I told you my word for the year was arise. Uh, the problem is I turned it to this, in this past month, 
Arise and eat. But anyway, that's a different scripture. Anyway, so it says, then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals. Aren't you glad somebody likes cake? Uh, and, And a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and then he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said again, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. How many know that when God says the journey is too great for you, it means he's got something still ahead for you to do. God, says, God doesn't answer his prayer, thankfully, about take me home, country road, take me home, I wanna go to heaven. God doesn't do that. The Bible says the angel comes back the second time and says, look, you gotta eat and you gotta get up because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart and let your word come forth in power in Jesus' name to replenish us in this season to go forward on the journey in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you've been enjoying the theme of uh, this month, Stranger Things, like I have, looking at the life and times of the prophet Elijah and how that transcends and applies to our lives. Last week we talked about the God who answers by fire, the God of miracles who answers. We've been studying the life of Elijah, whom God said he would send the anointing of, the spirit and power of, before the coming of the Lord upon us. So if we're gonna move in a spirit and power of Elijah, we better know what that spirit and power is. So the last two weeks we've established there were some very specific places and meanings that God sent Elijah to or through on his journey. And now we continue. And I wanna say this to you, I know many of you are hurting right now. I know many are tired. I think most of us are tired. Uh, Kind of fed up, kind of reached some, you know, boiling points and some moments. Um, I wanna say that for those of you that have experienced loss during this time, whether it was through COVID or something else, if you lost a loved one or you've lost someone in this time, it's a hurt that other people can't imagine at the same moment. We're all going through challenges, but those of you that have actually experienced the loss of loved ones in this time, I'm just, we've been praying for you. We love you. We had a friend in Panama City Beach that goes to Pastor Robert Gates Church, and her name is Ruthie, and she, she's from New York. She lost a brother-in-law, and then her oldest brother within a week of each other in the past week or so in New York to COVID. And I'm telling you, I don't know how she's moving forward. She's taking her pain and she's making face masks and sending them around to people. You know, so many people are wearing masks right now. Um, and so she's, we got some masks from her the other day. So thankful for Ruthie. But she said, I said, how can we pray for you? She said, I'm just trying to keep working and just trying to forget this for a minute and just try to use the energy that I have in my pain to keep serving. I'll tell you, what a champion she is, what a hero she is, she and her husband, Gil. Um, Maybe you're stir crazy. Maybe you're angry. You know, different people going through different seasons of of, uh, grief. Maybe you're angry right now. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're bitter. I wanna say, the enemy wants you to believe that what you're feeling right now is a permanent pain that will never go away. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. 
Our God heals, not just from the virus, but from the virus of sin, the virus of feeling sorry for ourselves, and the virus of unintended consequences. You say, Pastor, what are unintended consequences? Well, we counted on defeating this virus, but we might not have counted on what the unintended consequences are of people staying home. I've heard more stories the past week of how the abuse rate is going up, domestic violence, people getting separated or divorced. All those rates are going up because as people get depressed and don't process in prayer like hopefully we do, we take it out on each other. There have been more mental health issues the last few weeks depressions and even suicides are on the rise because those are the things we don't think about when we're defeating a disease. But I want you to know our God is Lord above all of it and he loves you. And I wanna say if you need us to pray, we have a prayer line right now, prayer at nowchurch.com that you can email us and we'll pray. You can go on our website, and you can, we've got prayer right there where you can get, you can, if you don't mind, you, you can even do it anonymously, or you can do it where you can have a, something, you don't have to describe all the details of what's going on, but I just want to encourage you that this is a moment where you can actually connect with your body, or maybe you're newer to the church, we want you to connect right now online, prayer at nowchurch.com, or where you're watching this, we have hosts that are hosting the services if you're watching on Sunday morning or afternoon, and you can write something there. Let's, you know, let, we're praying for you. Prayer is not a nothing. Prayer is everything to us. It's our lifeline to God, and he cares for us, and he cares for you, and I just don't wanna see you process this in the wrong way kind of like Elijah did, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But in solving one problem, we often create more collateral damage. Remember in February when I talked about collateral grace? Well, I just want to remind you, that was something before we even knew what we were going into, where I showed you the pine cone and said that when a pine cone goes into the fire, it actually heats up to a point where it explodes with seeds for the future. I want to remind you of that prophetic word, that was on the other side of this. We had no idea what we were about to go into. Would you let this fire heat you up to explode with the seeds of the future for good things, for breakthrough, and for power? I wanna say to you as we talk about this today, there are no perfect seasons. There's no, there's no season of life that's perfect. Every season has problems. Every season has difficulties. Every season has challenges. Even in the greatest moments of your life, you know, when my wife and I got married 40 years ago, the few weeks leading up to our wedding were tumultuous. It was, it, was, it was hard. And I said to her at that point, wow, if we can make it through this, we can make it through anything. It was a wedding season. This should have been the most joyous time of our lives, people told us. But it's pressure. In every season, there's something that's imperfect about it because we live in a fallen world. In every season, there are challenges. Sometimes they're a lot more fun than others. But God never promised us a life of ease. He promised us a life of faith. And no matter how much faith you have, the Bible says count it all joy when you encounter different oppositions and trials and tribulations. 
As my mother used to always say to me, life isn't always fair. Life isn't always fair. I'd say, that's not fair. I want to go to my friend's house. That's not fair. And my mom would say, life isn't fair. She was right. But I'd say on the other side of that, God is always good. And he never forgets and he never lets you down. You're more resilient than you think. You just think about this. If you and I would have known, if God would have, I thank God he didn't tell us what was coming in January when we were talking about the year and the roaring 20s and what was coming up. I thank God he didn't tell us because we, we would have said, if God would have said, okay, you're going, to, you're going to thrive in the midst of a worldwide pandemic and you're not gonna be able to even meet physically as a church and gather together. <laughs> I would have been in a panic. I, I, I might have had a nervous breakdown, to be honest with you. Thank God he didn't tell us. But in the moment where we needed it, when we step forward to lead others, the grace comes. And the grace for this moment was not here until this moment. And the grace for the next moment as we reopen is not here until it's time to reopen businesses and getting back to normalcy in our lives. Listen, every season has problems that need to be solved or tensions that need to be managed. Every season has problems or tensions. Every season has difficulties. And Elijah's calling and gifting from God allowed him to believe that when the rain came and when he outran the chariot and ran back and prophesied to Ahab and Jezebel, praise God, happy days are here again. The rain has come. It's time for revival. When he heard that the people's hearts had turned back to God, as I talked about last Sunday, and that the rain would come again, he thought everything would be fixed. Isn't this awesome? It's great. The new season has come. The rain is hit. We're alive and we're going forward. He thought everything was there. And I'll tell you this, a breakthrough anointing when it's on you makes you feel invincible. Makes you feel like you're always gonna feel that way. Like you do, like, like you do when something good happens in your life. The drought and famine would be over, he thought. That's great. And everything would be easier and get back to normal really quickly. But you know what Elijah couldn't see even though he's a prophet? He couldn't see what God wasn't showing him. He couldn't see the other side of the breakthrough. He couldn't see the other season. He couldn't see that when the rain came and when the revival started, that there's, that there's gonna be other things we gotta deal with. He couldn't see the new challenges. Thank God he couldn't. As we, as we move forward in the service, I wanna take a moment that we like to have testimonies around here of some of our families, and we wanna share a testimony again this week of how one of our other great families of Now Church is making it through this season and how they're moving forward. Let's celebrate with the Lloyd family, Justin, Amber, and their two girls, Madison and Serenity. Let's look in on them. our church family, our now kids, and extremely our now nursery. Um, with take number 623 happening right now, Ren is in her room sleeping now. So we just wanted to take a few moments to share our heart with you. And definitely through this whole process, we have slowed down a lot as a family. Um, we had to make a decision on March 21st to temporarily close the golf shop. And um, we have Taking that time, I went on a lot of walks. I think I went through about six sets of tires on the stroller. 
Um, and we've also taken that time to do a lot of devotion, sit down in the morning and just take that time to get back into the Word. And with that, um, we decided as a family to make a faith proclamation through this whole thing that we were not going to let the situation define us, let it control us, that we were going to say that we are doing good, that we are moving forward, good things are happening for us. And it just reminded me of that verse, 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that is what we are definitely proclaiming for us right now, that this is not going to define what we have going on. Yeah, I think it's easy for us to sometimes get caught up in the negativity or the fear that circumstances like this can bring. But um, Isaiah 26, 2 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And so we've just been very intentional to start each day as a family um, in God's Word and just using this quiet time and this... Uh, this time just to pause and reflect on God's grace and his goodness and to keep our trust in him. And so we encourage you to do the same. We miss you all and we can't wait until we're reunited and we can uh, join together in praise and worship once this is over. But until then, uh, we miss you and we just encourage you and uh, hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye. Be blessed. Isn't that a great word? Reunited and it feels so good. We need that. We need to be reunited. We're together. We're together in spirit. There's no distance in the spirit realm. Thank God the Holy Spirit can be right here with us and right there with you in a live experience at home. But that doesn't make it easier in the natural. We've got all these things. And I just want to finish with a few thoughts about the life of Elijah and how we conquer seasons of adversity. Got a couple of things to talk about. Number one, Number one, the very first thing is stay connected to godly people. Remember the, the first week I talked about the fact that the fact just because we were socially or physically distancing didn't mean we could be socially disconnecting. This is not a time for isolation. This is a time for proclamation and dedication to find creative ways of connecting. Thank God. I, I so enjoyed the uh, car rally and seeing everybody's face. I talked to a pastor friend of mine the other day who watched our car rally on Good Friday and he said, I, I, he said, I knew you were supposed to be paying attention to the camera, but he said, when you started welcoming people and seeing people coming through there and welcoming them, he said, I saw you for a minute get lost in your pastoral love for your people. He said, when I saw you greeting your people and how excited you were, he said, I started to tear up, I started to cry because it was so powerful that you were there and getting, and you knew everybody's name. And I said, man, I'm a people person. I love, I love our people. He said, well, it was so great. Let me tell you, find creative ways. We're gonna find ways of doing some Facebook groups in the coming weeks. We're still working on that. We're tweaking things. Uh, Bible school, now Bible school is starting again. Uh, that's gonna be back with Zoom classes and, and Zoom discussions. We've got all kinds of things happening through Facebook groups and all kinds of different things. Um, Elijah became so comfortable with his separation time, apparently, at the Brook Cherith and all the challenges he was going through for three and a half years, that when he went through this witchcraft attack and there was this backlash against his mind, his will, his emotions, the first thing he did was separate from his servant, separate from the very person God had placed into his life to help him in that moment. Verse three of 1 Kings 19 says, he left his servant there and went a day's journey into the wilderness. The wilderness is always a metaphor for wandering, 
for walking away, for getting out of your lane, for getting off track. My friends, relationships are your lifeline and mine to the normalcy that we crave. Relationships are what keep you on the track. Ecclesiastes says two are better than one. Also says, woe to him who falls when he's alone. When Jesus sent the disciples out to every city and place where he himself was about to go, as the prophetic Elijah, John the Baptist forerunners, the Bible said he always sent them two by two. He sent them in teams. He sent them two by two. Stay connected to your godly leaders. Stay connected to godly friends and godly people. Stay connected to people that you know will pray for you. And listen, if you have to cut off some of those negative relationships that are telling you, oh, here we go, we're going down, everything's failing, it's gonna be bad, it's gonna be bad for years. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You have to stand against those things and cut off some of those conversations and even the people you love, there are moments to say, no, I'm not listening to that right now because I believe God and he's never failed. He will not fail now. He never failed before. Listen, shared experiences are always better. When you go to the movies, you know, like we're gonna do that in a few weeks again, hopefully. Movies, I, I hate going to the movies alone. You know why? Because when I go to the movie alone, when I come out, there's nobody to say, what it was about, or hey, what did you like about that? Part of the whole thing for me about going to the movies and not just sitting and watching a movie at, on television is a shared experience. Events are about shared experiences. Your Christian life and journey is about shared experiences. So I wanna encourage you to find ways to discuss these things, talk about them. Like I said, when this service is over, don't just switch off this you know, whatever you're watching us on and switch off your device and walk on. This is a time I wanna encourage you, call somebody else up that, that you know that you're friends with at church and check on them and ask if they watched yet and get them being participants again in the worship experience with God. Number two, so number one, stay connected to godly people. One of the reasons why uh, Elijah's breakdown got to the point of suicide, in my opinion, is because he disconnected from the man that God had set to be his helper in that time. Stay connected. Number two, don't make any major life decisions when you're overtired or under attack. Don't make life decisions, major life decisions. So what is that? What is a major life decision, Pastor? I'm telling you, uh, don't, don't run out and get married in Vegas, okay? Don't, don't, um, don't change jobs or change geographical locations. Just don't go running back if you're from up north. Don't go running back to where you came from. Don't go back to mom and dad's house. Don't go running back. If, if you're looking to buy a house or do something significant, that's great. But when you're under attack, it's the worst time to try to make decisions. It's the worst time, it's the hardest time sometimes to hear from God because your mind is arguing with you. Your own emotions become your enemy when you're overtired. That's why the enemy of your soul would love to wear you out, wear me out, and make us good for nothing. We have to know how to seize the moment and take control again of our own feelings when we're overtired. Notice that when, when Elijah gets to the exasperation point where he prays to die, number one, thankful God didn't answer his question. His, you know, he didn't answer his prayer. Number two, the angel doesn't come and say, get up, you stupid idiot. What are you tired for? No, he comes and says, it's good that you're sleeping, but now you need to get up and you need to eat. 
and then he let him go back to sleep. There are moments where not enough sleep in the world will fix things, but there are also moments where when you are emotionally wrung out, you need to get some sleep. And I find that right now, I believe everybody's circadian rhythms are off. I know many of you are still working and I'm so thankful for that. Some of you may be moved to part-time, but I'm telling you, in my life, Sunday is no longer Sunday. It's just weird. Monday is usually our day off when we rest. That's, that's become our busy day because we're following up from Sunday. Tuesday, we're looking, you know, we're trying to figure it out. Wednesday, we're preparing for Wednesday night at 7.30 to do uh, Facebook Live with you and have a little, have a service. Um, on and on and on. So the, the days aren't the days. The days aren't normal. But you have to get your rhythm back. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 61, verse two. From the end of the earth, I'll cry out to you, O God. When my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm overtired, when I'm depressed, when I'm going through something, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. My friends, you need to know that Jesus is your rock. He's the rock of our salvation. He, he teaches our hands to war and our fingers to fight. He is the rock that we need. Now listen, God gave us emotions, but he gave us emotions to enhance our life experiences, to enable us to feel, to express them within relationships. But emotions are not to control our lives. Emotions aren't to be the boss of you. Emotions are to be the servant. Don't trust your emotions when they're out of whack or out of alignment with the timing and the season of God. The people who trust God live by faith, not by feelings. So don't make life decisions when you're under attack. The peace, I love this. The peace that passes understanding isn't the absence of a storm or a challenge, but the peace that passes understanding is about the heart's recognition of the presence of God. Would you practice the presence of God in your home this week a little bit more? Would you lean in to the purpose of God and the presence of the Lord a little bit more? Because worship and praise, we sing about it. All of our songs today were about the fact that our praise and our worship affect the atmosphere of our hearts and the atmosphere of our homes and our lives. Let your heart begin to look and to recognize the presence of God again. The Bible says in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, that the rock that gave water in a desert to three million people as they left Egypt and the children of Israel were, were moving forward in that time and try to get to the promised land. The Bible says that that rock wasn't just a natural rock. That rock was Christ. That rock was Jesus. Look it up. That rock gave water. That rock gave fresh life even in a desert season. And the rock of God, what does a rock speak of? A rock is something solid. It's something that's not flimsy. It's not bendable. It's not by the wind. The rock is solid for you to stand on. Remember that old hymn, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm calling you, calling us as a body, as a church, to cultivate the presence of God through worship and praise. Make room for him in your home and in your heart. Number three, and we talked about a little bit about rest, but here I wanna talk about a little bit more. The angel Lord comes and says, arise and eat, I made you a cake. Remember Elijah had had some cake from the widow at Zarephath, he liked cake. Number three is this, 
take a break and eat some cake. That may seem like a silly little cliche or a little saying, but I'm saying this, learn to rest in moments where you need to rest, to be still and know that he is God. When someone as fidgety as all the time and can't sit still, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking of grandkids here, but I won't mention any names. We say they're restless. You got ants in your pants. What are you restless? Why are you so restless? Think about that word restless. Unable to just enjoy, unable to just sit back and take a beat and take a minute. When you are restless, our God wants to be the strength of your life and mine. Psalm 34 said this way in verse seven, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Then it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The next verse, so the angel of the Lord that comes and encamps around about all that fear God, all that worship him, all that are in awe of him, the Bible says, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. The word of God says literally that an angel sets up a circular hedge and a wall of invisible protection and provision around you if you're a worshiper, if you're a praiser, if you're a person that's learned to sit still in the presence of El Shaddai. He that dwells in the secret place, you have to dwell somewhere, you have to get in there in that presence. Why? Because the journey is too great for you, it's too great for me. The journey is hard. And what we're gonna have go through the next few weeks, I think we're gonna see some things breaking through pretty soon. People are gonna get back to work. I'm looking forward to seeing restaurants in full capacity. I'm looking forward to seeing businesses back, get to get the, you know, people off their furlough, off their, off their time where they furloughed them. I'm looking forward to that. But you know what? There's gonna be work involved in that too. Still your heart, still your soul. Speak to yourself. In psalms and hymns, the Bible says, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. God still has more ahead for you and for me. And you won't be able to do it without grace. Why did Elijah burn out? I think he burned out a little bit at this moment of his life. First of all, he, he, he fulfilled everything God said. He fulfilled the word of the Lord up to that point that he knew. And when he fulfilled it, he was excited, but then he didn't have any more word any more promise, any more things that he thought God was gonna do. Maybe he thought God was gonna done with him, be done with him. That's a, that's a scary thing, but he wasn't. He's not done with you either. God still has more ahead for you and for me, and you won't be able to do it in your own strength. I think that's why Elijah burned out, and I'm concerned about you. Are you handling this time in your strength or trusting in God's strength? Are you believing in him? Because the Bible says his grace is sufficient for you and for me. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Where are you going? The Bible says God spoke to him in that moment. By the way, the angel comes to minister to him. Did you know when Jesus was going through his own 40 days, angels came to minister strength to Jesus himself. Angels right now, I believe, are working for the heirs of salvation. I believe angelic protection and angelic power is moving around your home and around your life, whether you realize it or not. Don't freak out about it, don't make it weird, but understand that God is moving. His strength is there for you. The angel says, arise, because the journey is great. What was the next journey for Elijah? 
The next journey was this. God said, I want you to head to the mountain of the Lord. The angel says, I want you to head to the mountain. Head to the mountains, not bush. Head to the mountain of God. The mountain was called Horeb, which when I looked it up, it's another name for the mountain called Sinai. It's the place of intimacy between Moses and God, where where Moses went up to the top and found the Ten Commandments. God says to Elijah, get back to Sinai. Get back to the place of intimacy with God. Get back to the place where you're experiencing that intimate relationship. In Matthew 11, Jesus says this. I love the message Bible. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Or I would say burned out on your own self-works? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. My friends, I think we need to get back to the unforced rhythms of grace. I think we need to get our circadian rhythms, our life rhythms back by trusting God, by getting back to the secret place. You know, we get so completely out of rhythm and discombobulated sometimes, but as Justin Timberlake once said, we're no longer in sync. That was a joke for you to make sure that you still know that we're still who we are. This too shall pass. Be grateful for God. Celebrate, conquer. Let's get back in sync. Let's get back to the awesome presence of God, to his power, to being in all of him, to respecting him, to inviting him in, to shaking off the depression and focusing on getting back to your highest purpose. Your highest purpose in mind is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. Where are you right now in your relationship with God? Because one of my big concerns this whole time is that you're getting off track, that you're listening to the wrong voices that you're watching the wrong stuff, that you're getting out of sync with the purpose of God for your life. Next week, we're gonna finish this month, this series on Elijah's life called Stranger Things. We're gonna talk about how he begins to find his whole new purpose in the next season. That's my prayer for you, that you practice the presence of God in your home and in your heart afresh, that you put him first, that you seek him first, that you give him your life. I want to pray for you before we go. Father, reveal Jesus in this moment to every heart and every life. Let this be a moment of contemplation, a moment of surrender. I call you back to intimacy, to intimacy on the mountain of God, the presence of God. I call you back to the secret place of the Most High where you'll abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. For it's in that place we say, He is my rock, my refuge, my fortress. It's in that place we say, no plague shall come near this dwelling. It's in that place we say that he gives his angels charge over us, that they'll keep us in all of our ways and keep us from stumbling, even stubbing our toe against something that makes us fall. My friend, right now, I bless you in the name of Jesus, but I call you to open up your heart and to cry out to God and say, Lord, I didn't think I could take anymore. But you know what? With you in my life, I can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Jesus' name, 
be blessed. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you 